Well, yesterday we gave you a brief overview from Jerome Powell's speech to the Economics Club of New York. It was hard to give it much coverage because we were talking at the same time he was. So today we can chew over his speech a bit more and the reaction, but there were no big headlines to move markets, so things have been fairly sedentary overnight. Joe Biden has been talking to President Xi, and there's no immediate signs that relations are going to get much better between those two countries. Sadly, we'll know less about what the president is thinking because he's not relaying it over Twitter every hour of the day or night. It's Friday, the 12th of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, we have falls in two of the three indices for U.S. stocks, 0.3% down for the Dow. That was the worst of it. The Nasdaq has rebounded, having been down for most of the session. It's come back and it's quarter percent up now. A more convincing story in Europe with the Euro stocks 50 up 0.6%, almost 0.8% for the DAX at close. And three basis points added to 10-year Treasury yields, nine basis points off in New Zealand. But of course, yields there have been rising quite substantially this month. Aussie 10 years down four basis points too. Uh, but back to the United States for a second. Two-year yields fell below 0.1% for the first time ever overnight. And the US dollar has been up and down a little, really just slight fluctuations. It's ever so slightly up now on the DXY. But the Aussie dollar is up 0.4%, over 77.5 US cents. And not much happening with the euro, but the pound losing 0.2% this morning. Oil isn't showing the same promise anymore either. Falls in WTI and Brent, but Brent's still well over $60, a 0.6% fall in WTI this morning. And gold down about 0.9% as well. So to give us the lay of the land, Gavin Friend, Senior FX Strategist at NAB in London is here. So look, we've got a fall in oil. We've got a fall in oil stocks as well. Shares sort of generally down and move to bonds. It looks a bit like risk off, except for the fact that these are only slight moves. And the reason why they're only slight moves is because, let's be honest, there's not a lot of news around, is there? No. Good morning, Phil. I think you're right there. Thursday turns out to be a bit of a mixed day. A number of moving parts, as you note, equities uh, across much of Asia were out. Uh, It's the start of the China uh, Lunar New Year holidays, of course, and a number of um, centres were out in Europe. Uh, stocks did manage to eke out a small half percent gain. Um, earnings thus far this season have been pretty good, helping equities along. Italian yields fell further to new lows of 0.45. That's a down 30 basis points in a couple of weeks on the Draghi news. Um, that, that probably didn't... didn't um, uh, hamper gains. Um, we had some new economic forecasts out of the EU Commission revealing um, that the new virus strains and uh, slow vaccine rollout there mean that economic growth will be slower than previously thought. So 2021 as a whole, they're now looking for a 3.8% growth versus 4.2% previously. But the Commission thinks the recovery can then speed up and get back to pre-pandemic levels sooner and by mid 2022, mid mid next year, as long as the vaccines arrive and, you know, the sort of next generation recovery fund takes off as expected. I mean, on the vaccine front there, you know, um, uh, there's um, a little bit of optimism. Things are starting to pick up or should pick up from the producers from next week. Um, The only sort of caveat really is, is that Merkel is talking. She's talking about you know, parts of the economy opening up in early March, but they are rather worried in Germany about mutations and particularly um, with neighbouring countries, they're talking about potentially shutting the border to the Czech Republic and to Austria. Yeah. So, you and know... That, uh- 
And, pluses and that and UK minuses. virus seems to be spreading uh, around the world as well, rather rather a lot as well. So, I mean, that's going to be a concern for them. But look, the fact that their forecasts are saying, well, you know, things are looking reasonably positive, uh, is that does that account for the weaker pound? Because that, that's down a bit today. Although, I hasten to add, it's come off a, a 34-month high. So maybe, yeah, if we look at it, the trend is still very much up, isn't it? And there they do have positive vaccine news because they've been cracking on with it, basically. Yes, they have. Almost uh, 25% of the population have now been vaccinated. I think it's just a breather, really, isn't it? Because there's no bad news in that. Perhaps you might argue, you might argue on the day that the Commission's view that uh, the Brexit deal, although it was a free trade agreement, we know that it's not uh, as optimal as the previous arrangement that the two countries had. There will be friction at the border. And the Commission thinks that over a two-year period, this will shave about half a percentage point off of EU growth, but it will shave something like two and a quarter percent off of UK growth. So maybe on the day, a little bit of reaction negative on the pound to that. But I don't think it's going to change the overall uh, the overall view. Well, we get their trade numbers, don't we, today for the UK and the uh, the GDP numbers for... But this is all for December and the manufacturing production and industrial production. Uh, you know, this is all pre-Brexit. And of course, it will be impacted by uh, lockdowns as well that were, existed in the UK. So perhaps there's not too much we can read into those numbers. Uh, but they're around for those who want to see them. But let's get back to the United States. States and what's been happening there because Jerome Powell really did talk it down didn't he at the Economics Club of uh, New York yesterday uh, patiently accommodative were his words I think and uh, yeah he's going to let the even go to the point of allowing so all this talk about inflation worries he's saying well we're going to let inflation run hot if uh, we're happy to overheat the economy if it means we're going to get the jobs back. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the big issue, isn't it, for markets, really? I mean, uh, we can talk about markets waxing and waning on the day. Um, Markets are really focused about where the economy is going. It does seem clear that message is getting through every time the Fed speaks. You know, it's had this new uh, average inflation target in place for a while now. Markets were, I think, initially a bit disbelieving, keep wondering about inflation actually coming through much more quickly. Every time you hear Powell talk, he talks about the, you know, the, 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 the focus is on jobs. We know that in the prior cycle, um, they managed to get the unemployment rate down to sort of three and a half percent, and yet inflation didn't rise. And they clearly feel in the new environment with 10 million jobs still wanting since the pandemic that they can squeeze that a bit further and that there's uh, there's there's plenty of room to run on that and and, the, the, um, and, and, and those job numbers overnight weren't too flash were they either i mean they did pick up but not a great deal so yeah uh, i mean job jobless claims jobless claims fell what's just, they from, fell well, from, from 812,000 from 793 last the week before so it's it's slow progress isn't it it, it is it is um but you know you would say that the four week moving average drops to a multi-week low um, and with new virus cases continuing and hospitalizations continuing to fall we're talking about some sort of gradual um, reopening of the economy in New York for instance 20, uh, the indoor dining will open up to a 25% capacity yes okay some establishments say that doesn't make it worth them opening up economically but all of these things you would imagine will help push that downward trend in jobless claims so i think that's a that's a gradual good development so uh, the other news today is uh, uh, president biden and president xi getting together on the on the phone uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that relationship develops it sounds like not a great deal really is going to move that biden 
is, you know, he's going to work with China, he said, in fact, only when it benefits the American people, which is understandable. Uh, but the import tariffs are going to remain in place. And it's it's not going to be necessarily a harmonious relationship, is it? Yeah, so this was the first telephone call between the two. Um, not ever, of course. They've had they've got a lot of history from the uh, Obama administration. But it was interesting to see what looked like a fairly terse, short set of sentences from the White House in its account of the conversation. Phrases such as the U.S. having concerns about Beijing's coercive and unfair trade practices and human rights issues, but Beijing's eight or so paragraphs that were much more restrained. Uh, I mean, it's quite difficult, I think, for Biden. He needs to be seen to be tough on China uh, from a country point of view. He wants a bipartisan approach. But his language uh, actually is less combative, isn't it, than his predecessor. Um, He talked about the U.S., needs to increase infrastructure, it needs to raise its game or China will eat its lunch. Uh, I think despite the politics, there there is, I still think, there's a lot of sort of codependency between these two uh, countries. And it was interesting to see that the EU is now also stepping up its appeals to the US to align foreign policy to take on China. So I think, you know, and that's a, that. all of that is good for, you know, despite the the terse language initially from from Biden, markets are prepared for this less combative, less capricious uh, type of approach. I think, and that's that's going to be that's going to be a soothing influence. And, and look, we've got this a slow climb going on for the Aussie dollar, isn't there? Which I mean, it seems obvious why we're seeing that because obviously we've got less COVID and the fact that the US dollar is getting weaker over the last week as well. Uh, so is that is that direction going to hold? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. In FX, um, the dollar, you know. It lost a couple of tenths in the morning and it basically regained it in the afternoon. And that saw the Aussie dollar, which is obviously a higher beta currency, uh, it fell fell off from its highs of 77.70 to 77.50 or so. Ditto the Kiwi dollar. Um, but I think, I mean, our view is, is that, you know, commodity prices such as iron ore, you know, continue to push up again. We're at 161 there. We know the Australian and New Zealand economies are performing well relatively to others. You know, they've been less affected uh, by this. They're coming out of the uh, pandemic, uh, you know, crisis earlier. And and our view is is that these currencies will continue to climb. Um, It's it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a smooth path. We we can see that when the market goes risk off, the high beta currencies tend to come back quite quickly. But overall... You know, that bid is still there. And actually, for a day where not a lot has happened, I mean, you look at, you know, the Chinese currency, Renminbi is actually sticking in there, you know, very strong, sitting down there now at uh, dollar, dollar C&H at 642. I mean, these are new lows in dollar Renminbi going back for a couple of years now. So, you know, and that in itself should be a, a source of support uh, for, for the Aussie dollar. And what about bond markets? Because we've, we've seen them uh, nudging up a little bit today, although not a great deal again, it has to be said. No, that's right. I mean, they remain within uh, their, their existing ranges, as you say, yields nudging up a little bit. There's a couple of big auctions uh, in the US, uh, 58 billion of threes and uh, 30 years. No real sign of indigestion at the three years. But I, th- I noticed that the, the, the bid to cover ratio in the 30s uh, was a little bit tepid at uh, 2.18 versus 2.47 at the previous auction, despite the yield being up at 1.933. You know, the yields have been rising up versus the 1.825. So it'd be interesting to see what the, the post-mortem is on that, because that, that was only about an hour or so ago. 
Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's going on there. But um, you know, you, you you wouldn't imagine uh, that there'd be much trouble really to get these away, um, given the yields that they're offering at the moment. Now, if you think the last twenty four hours has been quiet, it's going to be very quiet over the next twenty four hours as well. Uh, look, we get the Michigan consumer sentiment out tomorrow morning and their inflation expectations. That might be mildly interesting. John Williams from the New York Fed is talking. Obviously, he's going to be uh, singing from the same hymn sheet as all the other central bankers from the Fed. Uh, so we'll leave it there for now. Great to talk, Gavin. See you soon. Thanks, Phil. And that is it for the morning call for this week. I am back again on Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.